holidays and happy more TV days. Is that <laughs> happy a holiday? Happy holidays. Hey, we don't want to pay for that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, see, <laughs> I did like five notes. <laughs> you know what? The thing about it is a lot of TV shows right now are basically on hiatus or they're weaning themselves, uh, mm-hmm. getting ready for this wonderful holiday season and winter break. However, there are some new cats in town that says, you know what? We want our turn and we want your attention. So go ahead, sit down, get your hot cup of cocoa by the fire as it snows and watch me. <laughs> That's what they're saying. <laughs> so let's start off with some new shows uh, to grace the presence of their networks. Let us start with SWAT SWAT on, on CBS. This is its first season and Schmar is headlining this. He uh, is a, a member of the SWAT team. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, so Shamar Moore is in it and some other people that if you saw them, you go, oh, okay, I know who that is. Um, now, keep in mind that this is based on the, the TV show from 1975 and a movie was made of this before it. So, you know, for some reason, <laughs> people in the entertainment world love this storyline. Now, Shamar Moore plays uh, Sergeant Daniel Hondo Harrelson. Mm. He is a member, of course, of a SWAT team uh, there in LA. And something happens uh, in pursuit of some criminals that uh, makes their current leader have to go away. Mm-mm. And in order to smooth things over politically, Shamar Moore's character is promoted to team leader. So he wasn't the next in line. Okay, now you can wonder about why that's the case. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. So is that going to cause tension in the team? Is he going to be a good leader? He even goes, you know, this really shouldn't be me. He also is in a relationship with his boss after he gets promoted. So she becomes his boss. Okay. Of course. Okay, here we are. Now, really what it is, it's a procedural where we watch them have to deal with certain crises, one crisis per episode. And there is a new member to the team that needs to be acclimated. So we know what that is. So as you can tell everybody, this is not that exciting. There is nothing new. I think, it, you know, watching it ref and thinking about who could write this, I was thinking of teenage kids, um, you know, in high school. Some high school boys wrote this kind of thing. And the acting doesn't do much to help it out. Shamar Moore talks like this the whole time, you know, come on, I'm the leader, blah, blah, blah. What we need to do is this and that, and that's it. So if that sounds like something that works for you, good luck. Wow, okay, moving on to uh, a new show on on Showtime called Smilf. Yes, you, oh. you heard it correctly, Smilf. New show on Showtime, it follows Shameless, I hear. And from <laughs> other, I hear also it's a great pairing. So now you can see what kind of world we're dipping into with this new show. Yes. Um, and what's happening, this is uh, starring, created, written, and directed in certain episodes by Frankie Shaw. Um, she plays Bridget, the lead character, the Smilf, okay? <laughs> and that, by the way, is single Milf. <laughs> That's what it stands for. She has a young kid. Her baby daddy is played by Miguel Gomez. Wait, whom... can we say what Smilf is? 
<laughs> I said single MILF. Now you can look you can look up the rest. If you don't know what MILF means, good luck. Look it up. It comes right up. We do try to be um yeah, less than explicit, let's call it that. There we go. Um, so yeah, so she has a, a young son uh, with her ex-boyfriend, her baby daddy, played by Miguel Gomez, who was in The Strain mm, and other things. Sort of. Now, he is a recovering addict. And after he went through rehab, he got with another woman. Uh-oh. Played by Samara Weaving. Weaving, who's really, she's she's a, a sweet gal, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's really trying to do the, the right thing. Uh, Bridget doesn't really like it so much. So they have a bit of conflict there. And her mother is played by Rosie O'Donnell. Well, there wow. you go. That's That'll tell you what world we're in already. Yeah. Now, this is a comedy. So uh, she works for a character played by Connie Britton. She's the tutor of her... Uh, children, in this case, her younger son. And we find out that Bridget is smart. Mm. So, you know, she didn't have the opportunity to go to college, but she could. She also has a dream to be in the WNBA. (laughs) And we see her misadventures when it comes to uh, men, sexual relationships. So it does go there. So in essence, everybody, it's a comedy that's not necessarily laugh out loud. It's amusing. And it does have a a more real take to it, even though some of it is imaginative. Um, So it's kind of in the dramedy territory, even though it's a half an hour per episode. And I'm enjoying it. I like Frankie Shaw's perspective. I like the world that we see here. Like you said, it's paired with Shameless. In this case, uh, we're in Boston. Shameless is in Chicago. Okay. So if you like Shameless, if you like that kind of thing, I think Smilf is going to work for you. Uh, Smilf doesn't, isn't quite as outrageous as Shameless, but it's in the same ballpark. And I'm just going to keep watching and enjoying. Oh, that's good. Well, guess what? Yeah. USA has a new show out. And they've, they've done some switcheroo on some things. They did. It's called, can we say this on the air? We can. It's you say it. Damnation. Ooh! Mm. <laughs> they say it in church all the time. Hey! <laughs> it's on USA, and it it had... It, the star of it was very familiar to us, and then they switched it up, so I'll let you dip into that. <laughs> they sure did. So Aiden Young, whom we love. Oh, my gosh. I'm, like, waiting for, like, where is he? I'm ready for his next thing. <laughs> yeah. So, Aiden Young was in it, right? Rectify. Uh, from Rectify, sorry. And he left due to creative differences, supposedly. And he was replaced by Killian Scott. Okay. Um, so, this is set in the 30s. Um, and you can already smell what's going on here. Uh, we're in a town. Uh, of course, there's a problem with getting jobs. The people are not happy. They want to revolt against uh, the government, against the the big wig companies. But these companies are not going to take that line down. They send people in to quell the rebellion and they will do it by murder or anything else they need to do. So Killian Scott plays a preacher in quotes who riles these people up. His brother played by Logan Marshall Green, who I'm a fan of. Uh, Creeley Turner is his name. 
he's one of these goons who comes in to quell the rebellion. So, okay, we have sibling conflict. Yeah. Uh, Killian Scott's character's wife is very smart. And she's played by Sarah Jones. And she is uh, the driving force behind what he's doing. She writes these pamphlets. Now, no one knows it's her writing. Them. Yes. Now, Logan Marshall Green's character also finds himself in a brothel. Oh. And he picks a prostitute who can breed because he finds that they're very helpful. Okay. So we have that going on. And we have the sheriff. We have all of these people. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really need to explain more than that. What I'll tell you is this. It's okay. You have the look going. It almost looks like Mudbound with a Mm. smaller budget. Okay. Okay? It's that kind of thing. But there's nothing here that is special. And if you're going to do this kind of westerny drama set in the 30s kind of thing, we've seen it so many times in so many different forms that you need somebody to say, look, this is how it's done. Aiden Young would have brought something interesting to this. I don't think the cast is bad. I just think it's kind of blah. Okay, moving on to CBS All Access. Now listen, they're coming at us and they're coming at us strong. They're delivering content after content. They They got to. They got people paying $10 a month (laughs) or or less. Oh my. (laughs) Uh, Well, there's a new show called No, No, some. That sounded personal there. Oh, no. <laughs> that was a personal confession. <laughs> they have a new show called No Activity. Yeah. No Activity. And this is supposed to be a comedy. Yes. On CBS All Access. It's much. It's needed, right? Uh, they need a little more comedy. Yeah. They, yeah. They do need a they comedy have, on, yeah. on that platform. Um, and this is based on uh, a series from the Aussies. Uh, it is uh, from the Funny or Die folks. Okay. So Will Ferrell and Adam McKay are producing. Uh, Tim Meadows is in the cast, for, intro- mm-hmm. for for instance, Amy Sedaris and others. Mm-hmm. And what it's about, it's what well, we start in this season with uh, two FBI detectives sitting in their car waiting to catch criminals. Now, the title is what? No activity. <laughs> so we see what happens while they're waiting. They're doing nothing. They're they're dealing with the, the dispatch people. Okay. We also see the criminals waiting to get the crime done. <laughs> now at the end of the first episode, ref, Tim Meadows' character decides that he needs to take a leak. He leaves the car. He course, counters yes. one of the criminals by mistake. And mistakenly shoots him. So he doesn't even know it's a criminal. <laughs> and then in the second episode, they still don't know they're criminals. He's talking about how he shot the guy. So that's this show, everybody. So if you like this kind of stupidity, you definitely will enjoy this. For me, it, for me, it's okay. It's okay. It's not bad. Uh, but I certainly think that they have an audience that probably doesn't even know that the show exists. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well the, with that explanation i guess uh, i'll be checking that out moving on to <laughs> it's actually kind of brilliant though it is it is it. it is it's very smart <laughs> showtime we're going back there they have a new show called ill behavior ah and i'm saying it that way because someone dropped it yeah 
<laughs> this is an over the pond uh, production, I believe. Yes. Um, and concept. And it's on Showtime, which is always fun. So they get to be kitschy and uh, yeah. whatever other British terms that mean <laughs> whatever Showtime does. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So as you said, it comes from uh, across the pond, right? Mm-hmm. And this one is just six episodes in the, in the first season. So there you go. And they're half an hour episodes. So this is what it's about, everybody. Um, there's a group of friends, uh, two guys and a gal. And one of them wins the lottery, I believe. <laughs> and, you know, he quits his job. Well, first of all, he is, has already broken up with the love of his life. He's grieving that relationship. This is supposed to help him out. Um, and the question is, what is he going to do with this money? Uh, so what happens is he decides to help his friend who um, has cancer. Mm. Now, this friend who has cancer, and by the way, the friend who has cancer, his name is Charlie, played by Tom Riley. The guy who wants to help him out with the money is Joel, played by Chris Gere. Uh, And their other friend is Tess, played by Jessica Regan. So, the problem is Charlie, who has cancer, wants to cure this on his own via uh, homeopathic means. He doesn't want to go through chemo. He doesn't want to do all of that. His wife is in support of him. He has young kids. But Joel is not playing with that because the kind of cancer he has can be cured rather easily by chemo. Mm. So he's out on a date one night. He meets an oncologist played by Lizzie Kaplan of Masters of Sex fame. Mm -hmm. Her name is Nadia. She has her own problems. She has her own problems with the drug abuse. She has her own problems with uh, getting in the bed with people. Oh, okay. Boy. Boring. So, <laughs> so in a roundabout way, I'm not telling you how, he gets her to agree to help them administer chemo to Charlie against his will. They kidnap Charlie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They kidnap the man. They tie him down in the basement. They buy this beautiful castle. He lives in the basement. The female friend quits her job and goes to help him. Keep the man there and just give him chemo. All he needs is three months. His wife thinks he's missing. They're pretending like he's missing. The cops are on the case. Oh, yes. And Lizzie Kaplan's doctor character, because she's paid a lot of money, decides to help out, of course. Now, the question is, Joel, who's paying for this, likes Nadia, the doctor. But does Nadia like him back? Or is she going to take a hankering to someone else? Ah. So all of these things abound. And it's a comedy, of course. You'll know from that description whether this is going to work for you. It's not a major commitment. So if you find it interesting at all, just check out the first episode and see what you think. All right. Moving on to Hulu. Future Man as a new show. Uh, Future Man. (laughs) Josh Hutchinson from the Hunger Games uh, trilogy. Wait, no, that's not right. There were four of them. Yeah, (laughs) I always want to negate one of them. The quadrilogy? um, The quadrilogy (laughs) uh, is headlighting this. And Hulu is coming out punching strong. They're trying to really uh, boister up their new... Uh, lineup, so they've added this. Yeah, and they do have a lot of subscribers to please, so you know, they're gonna do that. And Future Man, here's another comedy. Wow. 
And this comes to us, well, it's produced, I'll put it that way, by Seth Rogen and others. There you go. Hint, hint. So what happens is there is uh, a, a guy played by Josh Hutcherson. His name is Josh Futterman. <laughs> um, and he's playing this video game. And he ends up finally beating this level in the video game that no one else has beaten. He's very proud of himself. And as a result, he didn't know that this was actually a tryout to become a superhero for people from the future. They need to come back. <laughs> they need to come back to the past, which is our present, to get someone who can help them save the world later on. So it's a man and a woman who come back and you know, they're tough, they're really super heroic. And they look at Josh and they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I didn't know this was going on. But they're working with whom they have. <laughs> so we see them go back in time because what happens is a character played by the great Keith David <laughs> <laughs> is the key to this uh, cataclysm that's going to happen in the future. Because when he was in college, he contracted herpes. And this led him on a crusade to try to cure it because he's a doctor, right? So he becomes a doctor, he tries to cure it. And the cure to herpes leads to all of these events that will end humanity. So they've got to stop him from coming up with this herpes cure. That is Future what Man, is, everybody. What? You had me until you got to the herpes part. Like it's and the, for some I was reason, really his, going with look, you. For some reason, Keith David's character's immune system cannot handle it. it he has a perpetual uh, <laughs> breakout on his mouth. I mean, and this is the show. So everybody, look, it is a comedy series, okay? And they're going there. It's, I said Seth Rogen produces it. So if this sounds like your cup of tea, check it out on Hulu. Go ahead. Wow. Uh, if okay. not, you don't have to watch it. Obviously, you know I was I was on board <laughs> for a second, and, <laughs> and they and, and and what's unique about this for Hulu? They released all thirteen episodes at once for this one. Oh, so you can binge it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on. <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll stay at Hulu, but we're moving on to another another show. There's Johnny, and I hey, say it like that because. If you are under the age of what, 30? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't, you may not know what that meant, but of course, if you're over the age of 30, There's Johnny is referring to, of course, the infamous late night talk show host of The Tonight Show, Johnny Carson. Yeah, that's right. And uh, what happens is, I'm just going to do this one quickly. There's Please. a kid who loves Johnny Carson, to The Tonight Show. He writes in, about getting a job, he gets a response. He thinks this response means that he has a job. So he goes to California and he's like, hey, I'm here for my job. They look at him and go, you don't have a job. We just send this to people. I mean, great. But he ends up getting a job. <laughs> now there is a young girl whom he might have an interest in who is there. She's working on the show. She's on the rise up. Tony Danza's in it. He plays the boss. They do play. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I am serious. They do play around with um, the actual Johnny Carson. Of course, there's some. You know, we have the the shot from the back of his head. Yeah. We do see actual shows going on, and real people are represented. It's that kind of thing. 
Roger Bart is in it. If you know who Roger Bart is, you know he's a comedian extraordinaire. Takia Crystal Kima, who is in A Living Color, is in it. Okay, so it's this kind of show. It's an L.A. show set in the 70s, early 70s, uh, surrounding what's going on behind the scenes of Johnny Carson. Um, there you go. Now, it, it's up to you to whether you want this kind of nostalgia. I will say it doesn't quite hit the mark for me to give a strong recommendation. It's okay. But since there's so many shows out here, the question is, is okay Okay. All now, right. Paul Reiser, by the way, co-created it. Oh, okay. Well, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah. He's definitely nostalgic, if you will. Uh, <laughs> moving on, uh, staying with Hulu, but moving on to another show again, Marvel's Runaways. This is the newest Marvel um, TV show. They're everywhere. They're on ABC. They're here. They're there. You really have Netflix. to- Netflix. Yeah. Netflix. Movies. You have to catch up with them uh, because they're going full steam ahead. And their latest is uh, an, uh, a show about a bunch of misfits. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens in the first episode, we're introduced to six teenagers um, and something has happened. They used to be really close friends and they were friends because their parents are really close. But one of them is dead. Now, this happens before the show starts. She died. This caused them to break apart. Slowly is the suggestion. So the question is, are they going to come back together? They now have different friends. Some of them, some of them are loners, all of that. So what happens is it, one of the teenagers gets the idea to bring them all back together on a night when their parents are meeting. Now, their parents are a part of the secret society. What are they up to? And they each have different specializations. And on this night, this is the final time when they have to go through a certain ceremony. Now, at the very beginning of the episode, unrelated to them seemingly, we see a young girl on the street. She's run away from home. Two guys try to pick her up off of the street. She refuses. And this van shows up. It says, hey, come with us. We'll take you in and take care of you. It's a cult kind of thing. And one of the parents is involved in the cult. She's the head of it. So what's going on with that? Well, the teenagers do get together actually on this night. They're supposed to be in the guest house. They are interested in where their parents are. So they sneak into the main house while the parents are away. They're not supposed to be in this room. They discover a secret passageway, which leads them to the parents' secret ritual. And what they find doesn't please them. I'll put it that way. So this leads to all kinds of repercussions. Do the parents know what is going on with the kids? And how in the world is this a Marvel show? Who's getting powers? And how does that develop? So there we go. Now, what I'll do is say this. Fox has the gifted which has some young people with powers as well. It's kind of like an X-Men kind of thing. This kind of lives with that. Um, Marvel's Runaways might be a hair better than The Gifted. Um, so if you're watching The Gifted, you're interested, I would say check this out. If you don't know what either of these shows is, if you like, 
yeah, if you like comic book stuff, if you're just immersed in it, check it out. It's not bad, um, but I wouldn't say that it's necessarily very good either. Okay, moving on to Netflix, which has a new miniseries by one of our favorite directors, we'll say. Yeah. Always keeps us on our toes, we'll say that much. <laughs> Steven Soderbergh's Godless. Yeah. And it stars Michelle, uh, Michelle Dockery from... Uh, from Downton Abbey. No, I know. And Good Behavior. The good, yeah, Good Behavior. She is uh, one of the stars of that along with her crew. Now, this is a Western, but there's somebody missing in the town. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of somebodies. Yes. Now, we wanted to get this to you as soon as possible, so I will tell you, I've only seen the first episode. However, it's a Western, everybody. Michelle Dockery's character, her husband, dead and gone, he's Native American. She has a son, and she lives not only with her son, but also with her mother-in-law. The mother-in-law is a healer, a serious healer, and she reads people right on the spot, no problem. A young man bursts into her compound, played by Jack O'Connell. He's on the run from the boss of an outlaw clan, Okay, and that boss is played by Jeff Daniels. Hey. hey. And Jeff Daniels is no joke in this. Uh, we see that he needs to get his arm cut off, and he says, go ahead and do it. Uh, this is the kind of show we're in. Now, at the very beginning, we see what happens if you cross the path of these outlaws. You get strung up. So the, uh, one of the opening scenes, we see Sam Waterston's character, who's the marshal, he sees the aftermath of what they did to uh, a town and who's strung up a child. So they are telling you from the beginning what kind of Western this is. No holds barred stuff. So of course the marshal is on the hunt. So we've got this guy who's on the run from Frank Griffin, who's Jeff Daniels uh, outlaw boss character. We've got Sam Watterson's marshal chasing Frank Griffin. And we've got Frank Griffin chasing Roy Good, who's Jack O'Connell's character. Now, Michelle Dockery's character doesn't quite know who this guy is, but she finds out. She finds out. Now, Scoot McNary plays Bill McNew, who's the sheriff, but he's really ineffective. His sister, played by Merritt Weaver, is better at the shooting than he is. So that leads to what the ref was talking about, because in this town, the men pretty much are gone. And you find out why that's the case. So the women have taken up all of the duties. They're building the church. They're dealing with uh, keeping people safe. They are, of course, raising the children and so on and so forth. So this is a Western, true and, and true. But what we see is the women are at the forefront here. And how do the men respond to that along with their own interpersonal conflicts? So I will say, just based on the first episode, I'm interested for the rest of this season, for this limited series. If you're into Westerns, definitely check it out. If you just want to see a great cast, check it out. And of course, as the ref said, this comes from Steven Soderbergh. He's executing, executive producing that, but it's created by Scott Frank, who has done some interesting writing, I'll tell you that. Uh, no, most notably uh, recently this year, Logan. There you go. 
All right, moving on to, uh, to She's Gotta Have It oh. on Netflix. You get 10 total of those. And it's, if you're thinking, oh gosh, this sounds familiar, it's because it does and is. This is Spike, based on Spike Lee's She's Gotta Have It movie that was released way back. And he decided to make it into a TV series and he decided to do it. Not just pass it off like some other things that have been on Netflix, I won't say. But uh, (laughs) he's doing this one. So the question is, is this something that we should be watching? Or is this something that we should just leave it to the movie to handle? Well, let's just set this up, shall we? So She's Gotta Have It, the movie, is about a woman who has uh, different male suitors of different backgrounds and personality types, and she's the one in control. She's the one calling the shots. So that movie was released in 1986. We're now 31 years later. Wow. Wow. So now what they've done is taken the gist of that and thrown it into 2017. So it's current. Um, And what I'll say is, what Spike Lee is doing, as he normally does, is take He's taking everything he's done before and throwing it in in the right place in the show. So this isn't anything new if you know Spike Lee's work. It's just well-chosen or curated moments from previous movies. That's what we're seeing here. Well, well, well. So you get the close-ups with people just talking straight to the camera. We've seen that. Especially the one where you get all different kinds of, of characters on the street just, you know, rolling off on a topic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the topics that we see early on is how men cat call women. We get that scene. We get uh, the lead character, Nola Darling. Mm-hmm. She's the she and she's got to have it. It's played by Dewanda Wise, who was last seen in Underground. Um, so and, she's and there. Shots fired, right? Shots fired as well. Mm-hmm. So in, in this show, she's the lead. She's calling the shots. There we go. And she's an artist. So she's dating these three men. One is, and if you know this name, one is Mars Blackman. Okay. So this is Mars Blackman originated from She's Gotta Have It, not from the uh, Nike commercial with Michael Jordan. Okay, that's where Spike Lee just stole that and put it in the commercial. So Mars is a courier. You know, he lives with his sister and his mama. But Nola likes him for some reason. And he really likes her. She also is dating two other men. And they're both more affluent. One of them is married. Mm -hmm. But the marriage isn't doing too well. And he's a corporate Wall Street kind of guy. And this is, of course, set in New York City. Mm -hmm. The other is just obsessed with himself. We see him working out and enjoying himself. We see him doing a striptease for her and enjoying himself. Okay? This is what you get. And we also see her interact with her female friends. So we get the female perspective here from a Spike Lee joint, which is always something new from, from She's Gotta Have It. That's unique for him. Most of the time we get more of a male perspective. So everything's flipped uh, in regards to gender here. And what happens is uh, early on in the season, Nola gets accosted on the street by a man who's interested. She doesn't take kindly to this. She responds in art, and then their responses to the art. So we see how that tracks along. She also has uh, parents 
One of them's played by Spike Lee's sister, Joy Lee. And the other, I'm telling you, the other, I'm not even going to say who it is. Just, if you haven't seen Bamboozle, watch it. Um, the guy playing, the guy playing Honeycutt, I believe is his name. Thomas Jefferson Bird, there's the actor's name. I'll just have to say it. He's the other, he's the father. And I can't believe that he's playing that character. It's completely different. So, what I'll say about She's Gotta Have It is, this is Spike Lee's return to form. It is not anything new, but it's like, okay, Spike, now you're back to doing what you used to do. So that's what it is. So if you want to see this in television form, in short form, I would say definitely check it out. It does have energy. It is entertaining. Uh, it does work. It's just not necessarily special. I wouldn't call it special, but, but mm. I'm a Spike Lee head. Like yeah, this stuff, are. I'm like, I can see this coming a mile away. But I am enjoying it. I haven't finished it yet. And just so you know, Spike Lee is executive producing this and show running it with his wife. And Lynn Nottage is involved in this. Well, there you go. There you the, go. The famous uh, playwright. Yes. So let's move on to Amazon. We're going to end it here. Oh. Uh, listen, this thing's already been renewed for a second season, and it's from the creator of the Gilmore Girls. So if you know that world, uh -oh. just hold on to yourself. <laughs> This is, it's called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And it, it's interesting because I looked up the description and I thought, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Let's see, because it's a period piece, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, Definitely a period piece. Mm -hmm. If you're into that world, plus attaching that to the creator of the Gilmore Girls, this should be really interesting mesh. Now the question is, is that true? Was it interesting? Hmm. So this first season has eight episodes total. Uh, and you know, Amazon does its whole pilot thing where people vote. And this was very popular from the pilot. Now I don't participate in that for Amazon because I have other things to watch. So when I saw the pilot, I thought, got it, I understand. So let's set this up and I'll come back to that thought. Rachel Brosnahan, who's just, I mean, she, can't get a break from working as an yeah, actress. And good for her, yeah. She's, yeah. She hasn't stopped. That's right, and deservedly so. She is the lead here. She plays Miriam Midge Maisel. And we're in New York City in 1958. She is married to Joel, who's played by Michael Zegan. And Joel, he's an executive, okay? He has a job, but he really wants to be a comedian. That's what he wants to do. So, what we see is that uh, Miriam, Midge, is helping Joel. She helps him to get into these comedy clubs and actually have uh, a, an appropriate slot at night. So not too late, when people are actually there, all of that. So, what happens is, she cooks these uh, wonderful dishes to the people who run this nightclub, this bar, so that Joel can get up there and do his stand-up. Now, she's helping Joel. She's actually taking notes on what he's doing, what jokes work, when people laugh, et cetera, et cetera. She really has the talent for the comedy without even knowing it. Now, uh, events happen. She finds out that he's actually stealing jokes from Bob Newhart. Okay. So she goes, wait, I thought you were making this up your own what's going on now what happens is 
what he wants to do is impress his friends. They have a married couple who are friends, of course, and they're coming into this bar to see him perform. And of course, certain things happen to get in the way of that. But he finally gets up on the stage, does his bit, but he bombs. And I won't tell you why. And so the friends are kind of like, oh, you know, that was nice, blah, 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 blah. But this leads to Joel reevaluating where he is in life, realizing that, wait a minute, I'm stuck in this marriage. I'm stuck at this job. I don't want to be here. My dream of comedy is really not going to come to pass. So I've got to leave my marriage. What? So he tells Midge, he goes, look, I'm leaving as he's packing and getting his stuff to go. I'm leaving. And I have a mistress already waiting for me. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. So she, she is like, what are you talking about? You're leaving. What are you talking about? We have kids. You have a commitment to me. Uh, it is 1958. And what am I going to do? Well, she finds out, and I'll tell you how. She goes back All to right. the bar. She goes back to the club. She's drunk after all this happens. She gets up on the stage and just starts riffing on her life, but it ends up being funny. And at this time, everybody, the NYPD would lock you up for being indecent. We see a famous comedian there, Lenny Bruce, who's being locked up himself. <laughs> so she gets locked up after this performance, but somebody who works at the bar, who's um, in control of things, essentially, played by Alex Borstein, who's also in the Gilmore Girls, she goes, hmm, you have the talent. She was not impressed with the husband. And this leads to them developing this kind of professional relationship where Miriam, Midge, is going to turn into a comedian of sorts. But she still has a family. She has parents to contend with. She has her husband's parents to contend with. So you can imagine how this, how this goes on, everybody. This is a Jewish family. We do see that going on. So that's a lot of explanation to tell you this. If you, if you go, well, wait a minute. I watched the Gilmore Girls. I loved it. This is not the Gilmore Girls, but you'll probably like this as well. You do have a lot of dialogue. We do have a, a cast who can support that. Rachel Brosnahan is really nailing it as this woman, this housewife who has a talent for comedy, doesn't really realize it, husband leaves, all of that. And I would say this, it's entertainment. Like they're mm. having fun with this. So I think just the energy of it is enough, even without the good writing and the good acting. So this is really working, everybody. I would say give it a, give it a shot. See whether you like it or not. And if you do, you'll definitely enjoy the whole season. Nice. Nice. Well, you heard it here, folks. Listen, let me tell you something. Mm. I see this every single time. TV's not slowing down for you. So you might as well slow down for it. <laughs> if you want to know a little bit more, make sure you keep locked in at our website, www.whywatchthat.com, to hear the critics' latest, because we don't lock them in the room for nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>